Christmas with the scent of potpourri Films we commit to memory Crossing the felt ropes Watching from home on my TV Looking at all my eyes can see They tell me I view obsessively Hello and welcome to The Obsessive Viewer. We're a movie and TV podcast that covers a specific topic, be it genre, trope, movie, or show each episode. You can find more of our work at obsessiveviewer.com. And while every episode will always be free, if you'd like to support what we do here, you can become a patron at patreon.com slash obsessiveviewer for tons of bonus audio content, including TV and book reviews, immediate reaction movie reviews, Patreon potpourri episodes, movie commentary tracks, and so much more. That, again, is at patreon.com slash obsessive viewer we have several several different tiers you can join at uh so check that out help support the podcast and get a ton of my voice in your ears um i'm your host matt hurt and you can find me on social media including letterboxd at obsessive viewer and today on the show we're going to be reviewing uh barbie the new film by uh, greta gerwig which is currently in theaters and joining me today to do that is my friend and colleague from the ifja host of the Odd Trilogies podcast, Andy Carr, whose film writing can be found on filmyap.substack.com and whose letterbox can be followed at letterbox.com slash dandable. Uh, and yeah, so that there you have it. How's it going, Andy? Welcome to back to the show. Uh, it's going great. I'm happy to be back. It's been way too long, uh, and that's on me. I haven't been on like anybody's <laughs> podcast in a long time. Well, um, you've so been ex- very busy. I'm to be back. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Logan and I over at Odd Trilogies have tried to keep a pretty good clip and mm. pretty proud of the the work we're doing over there. So um, nice. yeah, but it's good to be good to be in a on a a fresh stage, as it were. <laughs> yes. Well, welcome, uh, welcome, and thank you for joining me. <laughs> of course. Uh, yeah, I do want to hit a few notes before we get into the reviews and everything, or the 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 review of Barbie. Um, because what better what better platform to review this movie that is completely dismantling the <laughs> our patriarchal society than having two men talk about it right um we're gonna uh, do all we can do yes to yes have a thoughtful discussion yes we are enough um <laughs> so uh but before we do that i do want to highlight some stuff that you've been doing um recently you've reviewed uh and and i kind of if you want to do like a rapid fire of thoughts on these um oh, if you sure. want um but recent written reviews you've done at filmyap.substack.com include Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1 The Flash and the Netflix series Fubar so uh yeah do you <laughs> want to tell us what you thought about these three titles um, Andy <laughs> Yeah I've got a I got an easy through line all uh disappointing at different Mm -hmm. levels um i really enjoyed mission impossible but kind of felt like a step back from the previous ones Mm -hmm. um i love that franchise i just rewatched all of them leading up to the new one so that's awesome um yeah and that was really fun revisiting them but um i I sure hope part two knocks it out of the park a little bit more than the new part one did um yeah me too yeah um Flash is it feels kind of like a death knell for mm. like multiverse superhero <laughs> movies, even though we know we're gonna get more. Um yeah. it it's I was not a fan. And then yeah, Fubar was a big disappointment for me. I don't know why. I don't mm. know why I expected much, but the 
<laughs> trailer seemed fun. And I'm like, ooh, Arnie doing like an action streaming show. That could mm-hmm. be just the ticket to, you know, a good, fun little watch. But I, I got halfway through and um, hated it. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> That's interesting. Like I, that was one of those ones that kind of just came and went. Yeah. I didn't bother with it. Um, but it's interesting though, because I like, you don't normally like review TV or anything. So, um, yeah. How many episodes was it? And was it designed as a limited series or is it supposed to be an ongoing series? I got the impression that they were doing multiple seasons, but Mm. I'm not sure about that. Um, it was eight episodes, you know, kind of in that rough streaming range of 30 to 60 minutes per episode. Um, And yeah, it's just, I mean, it's, if you're there to see Arnold do badass action, there's none. Um, If you're there to see Arnie do a compelling story for whatever reason, there's not much there either. Mm. So it's just kind of like, what was the goal here? (laughs) Right. Wow. So glowing recommendations from Andy. Yes. Uh, But yeah, but if you don't mind me pivoting real quick. Sure. Odd trilogies. Um, your podcast, I'm, 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 uh, I'm a big fan. I'm not just, you know, saying that or anything. Uh, I've told you, oh, I know you several won't leave times. me alone about it. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but <laughs> I think I've told you several times before, just the concept alone is perfect. It's, it's great. I love, I've, <laughs> I've always been someone who's been like attracted to trilogies. Uh-huh. Um, so just the core concept of your show is really exciting and fun. Um, and, and I, Admit, I haven't listened to this episode yet, but you recently did <laughs> uh, Frank Darabont's Stephen King trilogy. How did yeah. you feel about that? Obviously, Stephen King is Bay. Um, how did you feel about like how how did that episode go, and how did it come about? Even yeah, well, first of all, thank you for your glowing words. Um, we hope all of the obsessivists will come over to odd trilogies and watch or listen to a couple episodes. Um, yes, I but, uh, wholeheartedly endorse that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so um, the Darabont King trilogy, that was um, much like the basic premise of the podcast, Logan's idea. Nice. Um, uh, Logan Sowash, my co-host, um, old friend of mine. Um, he, uh, suggested that he he's a little bit more of a king nut than I am, although nice. we both would pale in comparison to the uh, <laughs> nuttiness of Matt Hurt. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. And uh, um, so he had like he's read it, and I think a handful of his horror stories, and maybe some mm-hmm. of his short stories too. And uh, um, also, Shawshank Redemption is one of his favorite movies of all time. So he was nice. like, "Why don't we do this?" Um, and yeah, I I had seen, I think I, yeah, I'd seen Green Mile and Shawshank, but not The Mist. Ever. Okay. I'd, oh, I'd seen I had seen because it's been memed and clipped to hell on the internet. I'd seen the ending. I knew the big mm-hmm. reveal. Um, but I, I had not seen the the rest of the movie, and so yeah, that was a that was a really fun journey because you've got two um, very emotional, dramatic kind of explorations of hope and and uh, human 
perseverance and righteousness and mm. corruption. Um, and then you've got a, a horror movie um, that kind of <laughs> feels like a Twilight Twilight Zone episode. And oh yeah, um, but it, it really was a treat because Darabont seems to be like one of the only directors to like really nail King. Yeah, um, and he did it three times, and then was like, <laughs> "All right, I'm good." Um, <laughs> And I, I don't know what he's doing now. I know he he went on to do Walking Dead. Yeah. Um, but I'm I'm not sure what he's been up to since. But I really I hadn't seen any Darabont other than Shawshank and Green Mile. So mm-hmm. it was it was really fun to see him do King so well. Nice. I'm very glad to hear that. And uh yeah, obviously huge fan of of Darabont and King, obviously. Um, but yeah, to to speak on just the fact that Darabont has such a command of the material is mm-hmm. incredible. Like if you read like any of those stories that he adapted, like there are full passages that are that are just verbatim exactly how he depicted yeah. them. And like that, I feel like that the underlying idea of that is that oh yeah. Um, uh well obviously if it's they're they're adapting it and everything but like it's a completely different medium <laughs> like it's a different yeah. like yeah to be able to capture exactly what it is is just really really fascinating right um, right well and he is so good at threading that needle that obstacle course because yeah he has scenes like that where he does it verbatim exactly mm-hmm. as you would have imagined it coming off the page but then there are scenes that are play out entirely differently and like even in king's words in some cases like changed for the better Mm -hmm. um which is just it's like i don't know how you do both and just know exactly when to do one or the other but yeah Yeah. you're right command of the (laughs) material is a good way of putting it and also just astounding considering um shawshank was his first feature yeah yeah and i think um and it's like, how? <laughs> right? <laughs> Not only are you making a feature film at this level with these actors, but you're adapting a legendary author's work and does it, you know, absolutely, all, basically flawlessly. Yeah. yeah. And if I'm not mistaken, I think that his first, like, I'm looking it up now, but like his first, his first anything, first directorial thing like mm-hmm. not feature was a dollar baby project from king i can't remember what he yeah adapted but um it was a yeah, story w- by king right uh, wasn't it part of that um like night shift or something or like yeah. a collection of king stories adapted into shorts or something yeah i, th- like I think so yeah but but yeah anyway um Anyway, check out Odd Trilogies, guys, and Tower Junkies also. Um, of course. But, uh, but you guys have also covered Indiana Jones and the sequels of Spielberg. Right, uh, right. Yeah. Um, and for your birthday, you did uh, the Bionicle trilogy. Uh, yeah. Do you want to talk briefly about that? <laughs> yeah. No. Um, for those listening, Matt did not just like slur his words. <laughs> he said Bionicle, which if you're not familiar with is a... A line of Lego toys from the uh, kind of the turn of the 21st century um, that basically it was like an all out Hail Mary from Lego to try and save their, themselves from bankruptcy. They started this mm-hmm. new line of original toys with its own world building and they made three home video 
uh, feature films to kind of help promote it and bolster that world building. And uh, one of my best <clears throat> best friends from childhood, um, we would watch those movies relentlessly all the time. <laughs> like, and even as we got older, like almost kind of as a joke, we'd like revisit them every couple of years together and, nice. you know, get some beers and watch the old Bionicle movies. <laughs> so for my birthday, I was like, Logan, I need you to be my good soldier. And, uh, <laughs> watch these staples of my childhood with me. And he did. And, you know, he was, he was very fair to them and, uh, nice. uh gave him a good shot. And we, we had a good time watching them and talking about them. I think we uh, one we had my friend adam on as a guest mm-hmm. too um and i think adam and i may have had a, a, a little bit better time than logan did but logan <laughs> was was a good like i said a good soldier and, nice uh, i think we had a fun episode out of it very nice that's awesome and where can uh we find all of your work uh odd trilogies and your written reviews and everything yeah um so odd trilogies is at odd underscore trilogies on twitter and i think on instagram as well we're also odd trilogies on facebook um you can find my work at uh, filmyap.substack.com also uh, i think at filmyap on twitter um and then i'm on twitter at not so <clears throat> sorry at not so handy andy um <laughs> and i usually tweet out or retweet my podcasts and reviews as well nice now you keep using this word tweet in twitter (laughs) Um, (laughs) quickly becoming obsolete yes um yeah just we don't need to go into all that right (laughs) because i think keeping it vague like that keeps it evergreen so (laughs) at any point you can listen to this and just know that uh that elon musk has done something to fuck everything up um (laughs) yeah as always (laughs) yes um but before we get into the actual review and everything just to reiterate also check out patreon patreon.com slash obsessive viewer i'm also starting to make tiktok videos um Mm. because i'm in my now late 30s and i need to get hip with the times um so i'm actually really having fun with it um nothing too extreme just like sharing my thoughts on books mostly and uh movies and everything i uh uh woke up uh i did it i did an oppenheimer reaction video um and then i woke up to a comment about it and made a video of the comment and that video has gotten some good traction so i'm really excited about that yeah so anyway um yeah uh r- the strike is going on also have you been have you been keeping up with that at all uh yeah i mean it's kind of all over my feeds i haven't mm-hmm. been like going out of my way to keep up with it but um yeah i mean obviously it's important it's good i mean it's bad that it has to happen mm-hmm. but it's good that it's uh been able to happen and yeah. that it's being so well supported within those guilds um mm-hmm. Uh, it's always comforting to see like your favorite stars be like, yeah, I'm on board with this. Cause sometimes you worry like, well, do they really need to like, will they feel the need to support? Um, And so many of them do. And that's very comforting and very helpful. I'm a big fan or I've recently become a big fan of uh, Adam Conover. I don't know if you're Hmm. familiar with him. He's uh most famous for, I think it was maybe a Comedy Central show called Adam Ruins Everything. 
Oh, I'm, um, I've heard of the show, but yeah. Yeah, the, the concept originally was like, he'd be like, oh, you think you know about this? Well, let me actually explain it to you. You don't know anything, and here's why okay. this is not what you thought it was. And now he's, uh, he's on YouTube. He has other shows and stuff, but um, he's very politically outspoken and has been a huge uh, kind of megaphone for the writer's strike. Mm. Um, and so I've really enjoyed following his stuff about it. He'll post like TikToks and stuff of him out striking out, you know, in the streets and stuff and explaining nice. concepts that people are uh, confused about. Um, so that's been a, a fun way to keep up with it because he's very good at distilling, you know, complex ideas and arguments mm. into very simple terms. Very cool. I'm going to have to look at For stupid people content. like me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm right there with you, honestly. So, um, but uh, yeah, there was there was one one thing, and then I'll, I'll get into, we'll, we'll bring us into the review and everything. There was one yeah. uh, TikTok creator person, which, Andy, you're, you're of a younger persuasion. <laughs> um, yeah. And like with all of this stuff, that has happened in terms of YouTubers and like digital content creators on like TikTok and YouTube having their comeuppance of sorts, like the whole Colleen, whatever her name oh, is thing. Yeah, the like Miranda Sings or whatever. Yeah. That yeah. and then there was this guy who recently had like somehow he has amassed nine million followers on TikTok. <laughs> um and he posted something that about uh, about the strike and got just eviscerated from mm -hmm. everyone saying that like oh i just i just got a call from a studio or something um that they want to make a tv show uh they want me to make a tv show for them or whatever and like he just kept digging himself into a deeper and deeper hole yeah and like the content that he had previous to that like <laughs> What I saw that was just really dumb, just like making weird yeah. faces. I don't get it. Um, yeah, there, there's yeah. been, I don't know, there's something about um, YouTube and TikTok and those kind of very, uh, well, multimedia on social media has led, mm -hmm. it feels like, obviously it's so saturated now that it's like 99.9% .9 of people never have a chance of actually being heard or seen, but yeah the few who break through it's like these are not people who are necessarily informed on certain things or trained in public relations right. or you know uh, managing an audience or or even entertaining mm -hmm. um and so that's something i've seen especially in like kind of the influencer sphere is a bunch of people who like yeah very quickly rise to a certain level of like fame at least on the internet on social media and yeah just get themselves in hot water very quickly by mm -hmm. just trying to leap into some issue that was way more complex than they realized um yeah yeah i <laughs> yeah. see that with literally everything i'll like mm -hmm. get on youtube and it's like all of my shorts feed which is basically youtube's tiktok right. um is just yeah people saying really stupid shit and getting pounced on for it yeah <laughs> like, why why even open your <laughs> mouth you don't know what you're talking about but, right uh, uh, everybody's got to have an opinion now so. yeah yeah absolutely so follow me on tiktok the username is <laughs> ov podcasts um but no yeah it's that's one thing that's just it's 
the thing that keeps coming back to me at all times is that you don't like not everything needs a hot take. Not everything yeah. needs an immediate reaction. Um, right. Again, check out Patreon. Patreon.com slash <laughs> of viewer. I do immediate reactions. Um, Come witness the cancellation of Matt Hurt. Exactly. Oh, Jesus. Anyway, um, <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, so anyway, speaking of cancellation and culture and everything, we're going to be reviewing Barbie tonight. And yes. I do want to briefly, to bring us into this discussion, of course, we're going to do a non-spoiler review and then a spoiler review. I'll have timestamps in the show notes so you can navigate around it if you'd like. But Andy, I want to... Like, this is something that I retweeted on Twitter. We've talked about it. Like, I I, I am such a fan of this particular circumstance of things. Um, mm-hmm. And that is that Ben Shapiro um, <laughs> tweeted that he was dragged by his producers to see Barbie. And it is yeah. the most woke movie ever or whatever. Which is uh-huh. so dumb, so ridiculous. It's like, just yeah. shut up. But <laughs> well, it's just like it's. I don't know. Woke has become increasingly like on the on the right and in conservative media and punditry. Mm-hmm. It's just like it's weird how it's become this shorthand for just like. It, it just woke inherently means bad or evil or dangerous or like, and it's like you could describe any number of things as woke based on like what the term actually means, you Mm -hmm. know? And some of those things could be, you know, bad superficial or, um, you know, kind of misguided or whatever. But like, I've just noticed like, more and more when I because I get a lot of I think just because I hate watch stuff a lot I get a lot <laughs> of like Ben Shapiro clips and Jordan mm, Peterson clips and Jesus. you know Joe Rogan and stuff and um, the most profound thinkers of our time <laughs> right I'm filling my head with genius um, yeah. and uh, you know it's just like more and more like I stopped seeing you know oh this movie's terrible or Mm. oh this is dangerous or or whatever and i'm just seeing this is woke all caps woke ben shapiro says barbie is the most woke thing he's ever seen in his life it's like does he even know what that means does he know what (laughs) he's saying like does he maybe he just hates it and like he makes that clear that he hates it but it's like i'm just sick of the the bottom line of everybody's argument being woke or feminist or whatever and it's like yeah you could argue it's that thing if you want to like try and intellectually engage with it but you're clearly not interested in doing that so you're just using it as a hot button word yep it's a catch-all for their bigotry and prejudice and everything and it's so dumb but uh but (laughs) the perhaps one of the greatest burns i've ever seen on (laughs) twitter now called x um is uh twitter user jesse mclaren had retweeted ben shapiro's tweet (laughs) about it and said um let me get verbatim what what he uh said but um he had retweeted it and said um oh geez where is it i know that i have it here i'm gonna vamp a little bit and uh where is it um 
Yeah, I don't have it here. So anyway, uh, he retweeted. <laughs> <To> paraphrase. <laughs> yeah, he said, uh, finally, there is a uh, a movie made for... Oh, here it is. Okay. <laughs> okay, I can stop vamping. Okay. He said, <laughs> they finally make a movie for people who are 12 inches tall with no genitals, and those people don't even like it. <laughs> Like, jeez, how just perfect is that? <laughs> I just, I can't. I, I just, I can't. And then there was another one about how, again, the, the, the conservatives, the right, and everything, they don't understand how transparent the performative aspect of their culture bullshit is because, yeah, like the video of, of Ben Shapiro. Uh, putting Barbies in like a, a, a lighter fluid or whatever. lighter fluid, yeah, and yeah. setting them on fire. Like those were still purchased. The yeah. money still went to the corporation that you are angry at. Same with the right. Bud Light stupid stuff. But, <laughs> yeah. um, but another great burn was someone had uh, <laughs> had responded to that with like, "Wow, that's the first time you were ever able to get a woman wet." Um, right? Yeah, just so great. Um. But ben, anyway, yeah. Ben Shapiro especially makes it very easy to like mm-hmm. dunk on him because his his quote unquote roasts or takedowns are so <laughs> banal and just like poorly <laughs> conceived. Yeah, he's just he's a fascinating figure. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's but it's it's don't ever venture it venture into the comment section under a Ben Shapiro video because oh, it's a really God. sad place and yeah. it's just a lot of people gobbling it up. Yep. I, I, I have journeyed there a time or two and it's, it's not good. It's, it's, yeah. Um, but, um, should we go into the review for Barbie? Yeah, we can talk about the actual movie. Okay, nice. So, um, like I said, we're going to do a non-spoiler review and then a spoiler review. Um, Barbie is out in theaters now. Big, big, you know, uh, success at the box office i think it's like mm. the i didn't get the figures or anything but it's a very big success it's like yeah one i think of the it's top... north north of 150 million yeah opening weekend and the biggest woman directed mm-hmm. opening of all time yeah that's incredible yeah um, i mean if i were mattel i would be <laughs> i would be studying gerwig hard to get her on the next project yeah oh yeah um but <laughs> Barbie, uh, let's go ahead and and get into it. The premise, according to IMDb, is Barbie suffers a crisis that leads her to question her world and her existence. Uh, Directed by Greta Gerwig. Uh, Writers are Greta Gerwig and Noah Baumbach. And the cast includes Margot Robbie, Ryan Gosling, America Ferreira, Will Ferrell, Michael Sarah, Issa Rae, uh Rhea Perlman, Simu Liu, and uh Kingsley Ben Adir, uh, among many other people. So yeah. Andy, yeah, you did the famed Barbenheimer double feature. Oh, so yeah. how was the experience of of doing that day-long marathon of two movies in the theater? How did that how did that go? And then you can kind of you know, fold those thoughts into your overall thoughts on, on Barbie. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I did the, what I think is probably, I mean, worked out to be the, the best way to do it, which was Oppenheimer first, then Barbie, um, 
we, yeah, me and a group of my friends, which ended up kind of expanding into like 14 people. Um, we, we were this massive unit walking down the halls <laughs> of the, of the Cineplex there. Nice. Um, yeah, we went to see Oppenheimer in, uh, IMAX in the afternoon. Unfortunately, not, uh, you know, the full 15 by 70 millimeter IMAX. I am going to see that at some point, but, nice. um, just the, just the Limax of the, the multiplex there. And, um, you know, we, we were all shaken to our core, mm -hmm. uh, by questions of morality and humanity. And, uh, one of the most, uh, horrendously important and tragic things humanity's ever done to itself. Um, mm -hmm. and then we, uh, took a break for dinner a small yes. break it we we were uh it was like we got out at six and our our next our barbie showing was like at seven mm. um so it was a quick turnaround and then uh went to see barbie and had our our cups filled back up and our souls <laughs> redeemed um nice and uh yeah it was a great experience i mean i feel like you know even if you didn't do it opening weekend if you haven't seen these movies, they they make a great pair because mm -hmm. one complements the other and they're both phenomenal. Um, so, yeah, my, um, as far as, as nice. Barbie specifically is concerned. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's still fairly early to be making lists like this, but it's it's up toward my top mm -hmm. for the year. Um, I wouldn't give it the number one spot, but I really, really enjoyed it. It's it's just Im impressive how. Uh, Greta Gerwig went from, you know, uh, kind of more, I don't know how to put it, but like, yeah, more intimate things to, to this big, massive, uh, kind of, um, well, toy commercial and turned it into mm. something really meaningful and heartfelt and important for the, ongoing socio-political discussion about women and equality and rights and how we should all treat each other and um yeah i mean it, it reminds me of uh the lego movie of course but the mm -hmm. lego movie was not nearly as um kind of incisive about the current moment or or things that were going on in the world um this one is much more to the you know uh conservatives dismay much more woke <laughs> much more mm -hmm. on the pulse of what's going on and much more critical of kind of how our society works and i really admired like pretty much everything it had to say and how it said it and it's just funny as all yeah. hell like it's it's one of the funniest movies i've seen this year and margot robbie's great she's you know every bit the barbie you would want Barbie to be, um, while also being kind of a surprisingly, not even surprisingly, but just, you know, um, emotionally engaging and complex Barbie. And then of course you've got, um, Ryan Gosling as Ken supporting her. And I love Ryan Gosling. Mm -hmm. He was awesome. Um, no spoilers, but he has a more pivotal role uh, in the kind of crux of the story than I expected. Um, yeah. and I, I was caught off guard by that, but I ended up really liking that and, and mm -hmm. what the movie said with that. So, uh, me too. I'll echo all of those sentiments. Um, I unfortunately did not get to do the Barbenheimer 
double feature. I did see uh, Oppenheimer, of course, at the at the State Museum at the screening. Uh, check out the last episode of Obsessive Viewer, uh, uh, episode three ninety five, for the review on that. But I saw Barbie last night, um, and something that I am just so impressed with in terms of just in terms of in, ter- in terms of the cultural impact of it is how much of like a viral like the viral memification of Barbie and Oppenheimer is yeah. like like I pulled into the theater and like there were people taking pictures they were wearing pink Barbie shirts like like adult couples were taking pictures and everything <laughs> and then like since the theaters have been sold out basically there was a line to be let into the Dolby cinema that we were in um, because yeah. they were, they had like we didn't get into the theater until like it was a six forty five showing. We didn't get in until like six forty five, because they mm. were still cleaning the theater and everything. <laughs> um, but all, that whole time, like I mean, people were excited. People were all dressed up, taking pictures in front of the posters and everything. And I was just like, this is just so nice to to just have an experience like this, where you know people are coming out they're seeing that this they're seeing a movie no matter what it is they're seeing a movie in the theater that's just yeah it's awesome i love it when something can like really like catch fire here um yeah absolutely and just like i mean yeah just just getting everybody out to the theaters is always really cool and seeing so many people in the lobby and so many people filing into their Mm -hmm. seats and you know even you know, I'm sure only a fraction of the people that I saw at the theater on Saturday were seeing both. They yeah. were probably just seeing one or the other. But it was just mm-hmm. cool to see that many people interested in two different movies at the same time yeah. on the same weekend. Um, and, you know, I'm not usually one to be like, you know, uh, let's pour more fuel on the bonfire that is Marvel and superheroes. But like... Right. It was nice that it wasn't a big, you know, I mean, obviously Barbie's a property, but Mm -hmm. like it's not a movie franchise really other than the like home video releases they did (laughs) for the toys. Um, And this isn't a conventional, yeah. Yeah, it's not like a a series sequel or something or or a remake or whatever. Um, It was just nice to have two relatively original or at least new ideas taking over the cineplex and and to see everybody so excited for also the the outfits everybody was either wearing pink or black i saw people in suits and fedoras Um, (laughs) i saw people in like swimming suits and stuff Mm. it's just you know the only time you ever see that is like spider-man yeah absolutely absolutely and like (laughs) i'm 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 as engaged by you know, shared universes and everything as, as anyone yeah. else is even like these days, maybe not so much, but like, I mean, this is, this was the type of energy that I hadn't seen since like Spider-Man no way home. Right. Um, and like, it's just, it's nice to have something that's not a major, like huge ongoing decades long, like franchise and instead be something that is IP, but it is, um, it is something different uh, in execution. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, but the movie just completely blew me away. Honestly, <laughs> um, the way that, like you said, um, 
Ken having a, a more pivotal role than what you would expect. Like the moment that that started happening, which will be spoiler free and everything, of course, but as the movie shifts around to be about what it's about, I was mm-hmm. just kind of blown away at the level of layers to this movie in terms of the social dynamics and the social commentary is mm-hmm. just so brilliantly done, I I think. Um and it's it's so I, I'm 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 at a loss for words in non-spoilers, but like <laughs> The way that it takes like very real societal issues and then also incorporates like what the idea of Barbie in the real world has been and the way that that just melds all together into this incredible like uh, uh, kind of examination of, I mean, I guess gender dynamics in the 21st century and Mm -hmm. like how, how women are treated and viewed in the 21st century and how they operate in the the 21st century. Right. Um, and then also the way that men are men. Um, it's just, it's really interesting. Um, yeah. 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 I mean, I think, uh, something that, I wasn't really sure how the movie would deal with was um, the kind of dynamic between what Barbie has kind of really done for society mm-hmm. and stood for in society versus the kind of um, reclamation sort of movement around Barbie of like, oh, well, no, you know, she's actually the symbol for you know feminine individuality and self-empowerment and that sort Mm -hmm. of thing that's always been something that kind of feels like while certainly genuine in the way that like we as people and consumers engage with the property has never really felt like at the core of what the marketing of barbie really is and what the product is really selling um at least until recently the the Mm -hmm branding and uh, PR from Mattel has gotten a little bit more kind of hip with what's going on. Um, So I was kind of interested to see how the movie would address this idea of like, well, yeah, Barbie is an empowerment figure now, but like a, she wasn't always and B that's not the only effect that she has even today um, as a, as a property. And, I'm happy to say that the movie is like really clever and kind of not pulling its punches Mm -hmm. at the issues that Barbie as a brand kind of um, what's the word Uh, enables, um, I guess um, while also giving Barbie herself, the character played by Margot Robbie a chance to kind of represent everything that barbie as a property could or should be um and that was just really well done by by greta gerwig um and yeah i'm just very happy that the movie manages to kind of have its cake and eat it too like yeah here we'll celebrate the brand while also being like these are the issues and these are Mm -hmm. how it can be better or could be interpreted better or whatever, you know. Absolutely. It it 
kind of just explores that line of how as a brand Barbie has been while while being about like um uh, not necessarily objectifying necessarily but like it being like the Barbie brand being empowering and opening up so many different like ideas in in young girls that they can be anything mm-hmm. they can do anything but also the way that the movie explores that as the byproduct of that being um a way to placate women um yeah. throughout like the real world and like while shield not shielding them but but ignoring the fact that you know that's not the case like like <laughs> you can't like it's still a patriarchal society it's still a like men are still running things and it's still something that is not as empowering as you would think and right i do want to say like in non like the opening segment of this movie is this brilliant and beautiful um recreation of the dawn of man segment from 2001 <laughs> and like that's that's hilarious it's fantastic but i love that the introduction to barbie and the brand in in this movie is the narrator saying uh saying like you know since the dawn of of man you know women uh, girls have had dolls and they've always been baby dolls until yeah. barbie came along and it's like yeah when you contextualize it like that that's really interesting um <laughs> and then to f- yeah. further like to to kind of introduce barbie as like the the end all be all of of female empowerment in our society and then to deconstruct that in such a thought-provoking and clever and hilarious way through the rest of the movie is like it's it's a juggling act that i don't like i'm still piecing together like how clever and interesting it is so yeah yeah i mean i just yeah i think that is maybe if i had to boil it down to one thing like the most impressive thing about the movie is Gerwig's and Bombeck's ability to adapt this very um, steeped in consumerism and capitalism, this product of advertising and kind of, uh, in a way, subjugation through consumerism Mm -hmm. and adapt that into something that can be a powerful force for empowerment and actualization. And yes mutual understanding too because there's mm. the whole can element of this um yes that, that is just great um i yeah. mean a lot of people you know have especially on on the right even in the center have been like you know this movie is you know crapping all over men and it's like yeah it does but yeah. like also you know kind of only in so far as like men are the problem (laughs) which they are to (laughs) a great extent um and then it's still not like a it's not like a damning film about men. it's damning about patriarchal society Mm -hmm. and and the effects of that but it's not like yeah if you're a man you shouldn't be watching this movie or if you're a man you should you know shut the fuck up and you know (laughs) not not do anything but like yeah it's it's uh it's a really as as kind of like I said before, incisive as it is, and kind of inflammatory with some of its language and the mm. the jokes. It's still a pretty even handed version of 
kind of gender dynamics in society and how we can move forward in a better, more productive, more empathetic way. Um, So, yeah, it's uh, absolutely just a, a really good job of adapting something like that into something meaningful. Absolutely. And the way that it gets to a point of just having this level of individualism kind of brought to the characters um not to spoil it or anything but just like the the way that the movie explores individuality and how you're not you're not under this like like you're because the because society is constructed in this way does not mean you need to conform to that that mm-hmm. what society deems you to be and everything and it's just really interesting the way that it just plays with with those themes um yeah yeah um one thing i wasn't sure about and i guess i could look it up but um margot robbie refers to herself and is referred to the others as stereotypical barbie is Mm -hmm. that is that an actual toy in the line named stereotypical barbie or is that just how they're representing the original barbie that's a really, really good question. Because the movie plays with that and she ends yeah. up, you know, like the idea being like, you know, you can break your stereotype or you can be more than the stereotype or whatever. But um that was I, I obviously I mean, as as somebody who didn't really ever play with Barbies or follow Barbie mm-hmm. as a brand, I I wasn't familiar with that until the movie and I was like, Oh, stereotypical Barbie. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's shocking to me that that's a Barbie. (laughs) I kind (laughs) of feel like it's not like it wasn't like an actual, like real branded Barbie. I think that my read of it was that it was basically like, this is the Barbie that pop culture knows best. This is like, it was the the movie's tongue in cheek label for the Barbie that we all know. Okay. Yeah. Because throughout uh, the movie, that's kind of what I thought, but the yeah. way they just kept referring to her and even like <laughs> yeah. the boardroom guys were referring mm-hmm. to her that way. I was like, wait a minute. Did yeah. they like relabel <laughs> original Barbie stereotypical mm-hmm. Barbie? Um, but yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. I love the way yeah. the movie plays with all the different kind of Barbie roles and Ken roles. And yes, they all, they're not as, like they don't really lean into the archetypes as a joke as much as I thought they would, but I think Same. that's okay because the movie ends up kind of being more about how you those aren't important or those aren't totally defining. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did appreciate how <laughs> Ryan got the kind of recurring joke of how Ryan Gosling's Barbie is just or. Ken, Ken is just beach Ken. And it's like, yeah. what is beach Ken? Cause we have a surf Ken and we have a lifeguard Ken. So what does beach Ken do? Yeah. That whole run where he's trying to get, where he's learning about the real world and he is trying to get into, uh, different jobs, jobs basically. Yeah, is careers. Absolutely. Just astonishing. It's, it's fantastic. I loved it. Yeah. Um, yeah, the performances across the board were fantastic for me. Um, Margot Robbie, I think, really plays that that kind of um, stereotypical Barbie who is doing that. It would almost be a cliche of this very specific niche of a movie that it's like, okay, this is 
this is a fantastical or fan- fantasy sort of character who is experiencing something that is not that is normal to us but not normal for her but the way that the movie just kind of brings her through through everything is like such a nuanced emotional journey for her and i think margot robbie really really just plays it incredibly well um yeah, yeah. i mean she was she's she was not to be too crass, but like mm-hmm. built for it, you know, yeah. in, in every way. Like mm-hmm. she, she looks the part perfectly. She plays that kind of dichotomy of like, um, very sort of superficial mannequin-esque character mm-hmm. who's figuring out that there's actually more on the inside and connecting with that in ways yeah. that are painful and surprising. Um, yeah, she does that just really well. And I kept thinking, like, in every scene that necessitated it, I kept thinking about a, a interview she did recent, maybe not recently, but at some point, um, about how she can, like, cry on command. Like, she can just nice. kind of force it out instantly. And I was thinking about all the scenes where she tears up or mm-hmm. whatever, and I was like, it. I think just knowing that kind of fed into the 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 dynamic of her being this toy this very Mm -hmm. one-dimensional figure who is learning um to connect with her her human side um Mm -hmm. and just seeing like yeah scenes come very suddenly where she's crying and then she's got to be happy again then she's crying yeah um that was just really great and yeah she did a phenomenal job and Mm -hmm. like also i don't want to you know be the guy who like uh tout or toots the 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 dude's performance too hard <laughs> in the barbie movie but like ryan gosling was phenomenal as yes. Beach Ken. um just on a comedic level i would say steals the show mm-hmm. like he he gets pretty much all the best jokes and is just i saw some tweet somebody said uh he's funny when he's just standing there, like even when he's not talking or doesn't have a line, he's just funny in every frame of the movie. And that's yes. how I felt. It was just like, he was fascinating to watch. And, um, he just, has, yeah, he, he has that just brilliantly clueless level of <laughs> like himbo energy that yeah. makes like the character, the character's whole arc through the movie is, because of that it is in insane how good it is like it is mm-hmm. it's incredible that the movie can go places where he is becoming something else entirely but he is still that kind of airheaded sort of character that kind of yeah. himbo like not very knowledgeable character and it's right. it just feeds into like the themes of the movie being about like like privilege and patriarchy and and expectation of of uh of just being handed things is like yeah, entitlement, entitlement yeah. is is so so great especially when it's when it's a comedy and it's playing off of Ryan Gosling who has that dopish face like that dopish dopish expression on his face throughout ma- the majority of the movie it is it's again that juggling act is just so so astounding to me. I I love yeah. it. Um, well, and it's a yeah. it's a testament to both their both Gosling's and Robbie's uh, acting, and also the script mm-hmm. um, that it's able to like kind of 
handle all these issues in like the most simplified terms because these are characters who are you know almost children intellectually they're they're just figuring out this stuff and they're just piecing it together and they're kind of explaining it out loud to themselves um while still grappling with trying to understand it and so you get all of these yeah topics about entitlement and privilege and all these different things uh societal issues that they're just kind of talking about with you know childlike disbelief or wonder Mm -hmm. um and they sell it so well and it's like it yeah this is a very economical movie in like words to weight like words to ideas Mm -hmm. um it's just yeah lots of very plain and simple speech that goes a long way in in communicating big ideas absolutely and that also feeds into this just like like the childlike wonder of of the characters and the way that Mm -hmm. that is kind of this metaphor to an extent of you know what 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 corporations and what like consumerism is doing to like young minds as they're creating these products and everything and shipping them off and uh, yeah. and, and kids are playing with them. They're getting ideas about like gender dynamics and about how the world should be. And that can be kind of harmful later, um, <laughs> with them realizing that like how the world actually works and everything. And I think that it's interesting that with Ken's, um, arc through the movie, like he is kind of this he he's coming at it from like an underdog level in a weird way where he is yeah. realizing like, Oh, things could be better for me because yeah. by default things are better for men. <laughs> um, right. In the real world. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really, it's, it's really good. Um, anything else in non spoilers? Um, um, I mean just the, I guess the, the, ensemble all the other barbies and kins are great i mean nobody gets near as much to do as um our main barbie and ken but Mm -hmm. like they all fill these little roles with everything i loved seeing uh um kingsley benadir who Mm -hmm. i loved from uh one night in miami as malcolm x in this he's uh i can't remember what type of ken what Mm. which ken he is but he's basically like Ryan Gosling's Ken's little like lackey who like just follows him around and wants to please him. Um, Which is funny because there's also Alan played by Michael Mm Sarah, who is also supposed to be Ken's best friend and kind of does whatever Ken wants. Um, And yeah, it's just this kind of unending wave of little tiny part characters who are just present throughout the whole movie and all get great, great little lines and, and jabs in there absolutely yeah it's like an endless font of i mean a lot like oppenheimer there's just constantly (laughs) new faces that you know popping up and it's like what they're in this movie and then they say the fucking best thing you've heard the whole movie (laughs) and you're like wow amazing give me more Um, yeah oh yeah um something that i want to also mention is the production value the um kind of just the visuals of it barbie land is so vibrant and colorful and mm-hmm. wonderful and also like the interstitial of i guess interstitial but like going from barbie land to the real world like that felt like 
that felt like Greta Ger- Gerwig was like, okay, let me let me do Wes Anderson, but not super obnoxious and not, yeah. and like yeah. a lot more tolerable. Um, but it just right. it flowed really well. And then even when we get to the real world, there is there is a little bit of that fish out of water aspect of it with with Barbie and Ken. But as they're going through it. And and we can ex, uh, expand on it in spoilers, but as we're going through it, it's like, yeah, the real world is is goofy as hell too. Like it's just not. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah, you're you yeah. get to see our world through the eyes of yeah, fre- through fresh eyes, and it's yes. just like yeah, stuff stuff feels weird through Barbie's eyes, just like Barbie Land feels weird through our eyes. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, do you want to go into spoilers for Barbie? Sure. All yeah. right. Uh, before we do that, uh, what what did you rate this out of five stars? And once again, for those who aren't going to listen to the spoilers, where can we find you <laughs> online? Um, I gave it a very, very strong four out of five on Letterboxd with a with a heart, a pink heart. Nice. I um, love that. I yeah. <laughs> I love when they do those little details for yeah. movies on Letterboxd. And yeah. um yeah, you can uh, find me. I'm Dandable, like Mandible, but with a D on Letterboxd and uh, at Not So Handy Andy on Twitter. Nice. Uh, I rated it five stars. I gave it five nice. stars. Yeah. Um, I will see how it shakes out upon review, reviewing and everything. But I mean, it's it's up there for my favorite movie of the year, which is yeah. Crazy to think, and I <laughs> I go into this all the time with my stupid brain, but like, um, if I could go back in time or I could send like my current, like ranked 2023 releases mm-hmm. to myself, like three years ago, like, what is that going to look like to me then? Like, <laughs> oh, Barbie. Okay, cool. Not, not in terms of, a of like, oh, I'm a man. I should not like Barbie, but more like they made a movie about Barbie and right. it's your top and it's movie. it's one of the best of the year. Yeah, yeah. like what is even happening? Um, yeah. But, uh, also, but yeah. yeah, just crazy to think that Barbie was originally like an Amy Schumer comedy and like I just can't oh, imagine I that about being that. nearly as compelling. Um, yeah. Not that, you know, I, I've seen Amy Schumer and some stuff that I really, really liked. Um, sure. She she was in The Humans and she gave a great performance in that. But like when I hear Amy Schumer comedy, it's usually not something I'm really interested in. Same. And so a Barbie movie, which is a property I'm not normally interested in, mm-hmm. <laughs> starring Amy <laughs> Schumer just did not sound up my alley. So when I heard it was Greta Gerwig and Margot Robbie, I was like, okay, <laughs> this is something. And sure, sure enough, it was something, something yes, else. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I would, I would wager to, I, I would bet that an Amy Schumer Barbie movie would not nearly have been this nuanced and, uh, interesting. <laughs> yeah. To put it lightly. Um, but let's dig into spoilers. We're going to go ahead and spoil Barbie. Um, I'm going to play a clip from the trailer when we come back. Spoilers on for Barbie. Uh, yeah. So, uh, here we go. Clip from the trailer and then spoilers. Hey, Barbie. Can I come to your house tonight? Sure. I don't have anything big planned. Just a giant blowout party with all the Barbies and plant choreography and a bespoke song. You should stop by. So cool. You can find me under the lights. Diamonds under my eyes. It's 
the best day ever. It is the best day ever. And so is yesterday, and so is tomorrow, and every day from now until forever. Yeah. Do you guys ever think about dying? When my heart breaks. Some things have been happening that might be related. When my world shakes. Cold shower. Ooh. Falling off my roof. Ah. And my heels are on the ground. <gasps> Okay, so spoilers on for Barbie. Uh, here we go. Spoilers. This movie really just got to me on like a deep level. <laughs> um, like the moment where the Billie Eilish song comes comes in, and it's I think it's around when Barbie is just like realizing like yeah she can be like a human, she can be a person, she can mm. be her own individual self. Like I was like welling up with tears. I was just like so <laughs> in it. It was. It was beautiful. Um, so in spoilers, Barbie, let's let's get into it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Where do you want to start? Um, well, I guess the the biggest thing we were dancing around in non-spoiler talk was uh, Ken's arc. Um, yes. And he winds up kind of being the the de facto antagonist of the film kind of mm-hmm. corrupted by his experience in the real world and his desire to have what men have in real life society um, and brings that back to Barbie land with him and yes. corrupts the ends and takes over Barbie land. Um, yeah. I, I was not expecting that. I just thought it was going to be, I thought Ken was going to fulfill the role that, kind of Ryan Gosling and all the press has kept talking about mm-hmm. the role that Ken has always had of just being Barbie's sidekick, being Barbie's backup. Um, and, you know, the trailers play up the like, you know, road trip element of him going yeah. with her. stuff, And that's kind of just what I thought it would be. But no, he ends up kind of uh, taking naturally taking the bait um, of patriarchy and diving headlong into it. Um, mm-hmm. And I just really, I really loved the way that um, the film kind of uses him being kind of a dopey person to, you know, firstly lambast those ideas of, of patriarchy and, and male superiority or gender superiority mm-hmm. really of any kind. And then, uh, um, but also that kind of dopey, innocent quality to him makes him so that you feel like, you know, he, you mentioned it earlier, the kind of underdog quality. It gives yeah. it that feeling of like, oh, well, of course he was suckered into it. Like he's, it's, of course it's going to appeal to him. Um, and, and you still end up feeling for him. And ultimately he does get that kind of um, redemption or like genuine self-actualization. Thanks to Barbie. Yeah. Uh, because Barbie shows him that, it's not about that and it's not about control or domination. It's, it's about loving yourself and figuring out who you are and that you are enough. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I just really, really loved the way they, they played with that and made Ken the villain because kind of, I mean, functionally men are the villains of this kind of conflict that's being addressed. Um, but then to still come in and say, you know, the women, the Barbies are still able to show, 
um, and educate and inform and have compassion on them um, and help them be better people through their own. Barbie had her own self-actualization and mm -hmm. through that she was able to help Ken find his own inner solace. That was really cool. Yes, uh, absolutely. I wasn't expecting that arc for Ken. And when yeah. when it gets when when you realize that he is just falling headfirst into this patriarch, the patriarchy idea. And when you see that he's bringing it back to Barbie land is just it. <laughs> it opens the door so wide to be to make this such a, a, a much more profound movie than then honestly, then you would expect it to be. And mm -hmm. like, cause then I think that there's a certain brilliance in the pacing and the, in the kind of architecture of the movie in that when they go to the real world, like you think like, Oh, this is, this feels like a throwback to like, like nineties. Like, like I, I really thought of like the Brady Bunch movie and how mm -hmm. that is this hilarious satire of, you know, uh, 90s culture with, with you know, 70s idealist uh, television personas experiencing that. This had that same air to it, but it uses that as this launching point to tackle these very complex ideas about uh ab about who we are in this society and like how how people behave based on uh, a completely a antiquated and b mm -hmm. un like unearned sense of superiority and and placement yeah. in in the culture it's just it's yeah it's it's beautiful it's absolutely beautiful um <laughs> and the comedy of it the comedy of of ken of kendom in general is just it is it's astounding it's astounding i can't i can't not just give platitudes to this movie <laughs> um <laughs> it just it just it really worked for me yeah um i i really also enjoyed the um uh inclusion of um Ruth Handler as a, as a mm -hmm. character, um, just the, the kind of, uh, Oracle moment, uh, yeah. from the matrix where, <laughs> where Barbie is in the Mattel head headquarters and finds this, under this basement room where this, <laughs> the ghost of Ruth Handler is hanging out and she kind of guides Barbie on the journey of, you know, self-discovery and that sort mm -hmm. of thing. And, um, I thought that was a really powerful way to do it. I don't know enough about, you know, Ruth Handler or the origins of Barbie yeah, to know either. how genuine or earnest any of that was, but it was a really great recontextualization, uh, mm. at least. Um, and yeah, I'm just always kind of a sucker for like, uh, kind of mentor student drama in these types of stories. I love like Yoda and Luke shit. I love mm -hmm. like all that, you know, the, so to have the, the creator of Barbie in there kind of uh, helping Barbie to find herself and to like embrace the, the pain of reality and, and all of her feelings and that sort of thing was really cool. And um, yeah, I, I really dug that moment. That was, that was awesome. And, and, her whole conversation with her at the end was really what kind of got to me on an emotional mm -hmm. level. 
Um, and really just the entirety, and I know we touched on this and I don't know how much more detail we can really go into in spoilers <laughs> with it because it's, it's kind of laid bare, but, um, just the unraveling of how the Barbie brand exists in the real world with women growing up knowing that because of the the powers that be and because of the way that society is very much like favoring to men that mm-hmm. they can't that that inner that inner despair that the 20th century 21st century woman in this you know in this movie experiences that level of despair of being propped up in growing up thinking that yes we can do anything but knowing the harshness of reality it makes it not so because of all of these different these different aspects of society that favor men um and are disadvantageous toward women and the way that that kind of the way that the movie reconciles that and explores that through America Ferreira's character and oh, how she is someone who has been um just really just turned away by by yeah. things like she has been she's been um there's a word i'm looking for um uh like disenfranchised disenfranchised yes yeah. uh disenfranchised by everything and mm-hmm. the way that that's representative of you know women in the real world and how that's completely in contrast to Barbie land and <laughs> this idealized utopic society. I just think that the the concepts that the movie's playing with is are are just really, really complex, but presented in such a way that it's it's amazing. It's it's just amazing. It's a five star freaking movie for me. <laughs> um, yeah, I yeah. I really I didn't I, it was kept it seemed to be kept pretty under wraps, at least in the trailers and stuff, mm-hmm. the America Ferreira of it all. Um, and, and the role that she played and her daughter, the character's daughter. I, um, but uh, uh, yeah, they, yeah, I think there's a world where you could have done this movie with just Barbie going on her own or with Ken to the real world. And she just kind of makes the discoveries on her own. And that would have been fine. But I think having, those two human characters and for them to be a mother daughter Mm. uh, pairing was a really powerful way to just add that much more humanity and that much more reality to like actual everyday Mm -hmm. life for women. Um, And yeah, also I think for like, especially the, you know, daughters and probably also the mothers in the audience like Mm -hmm. it just added that much more um you know emotional gut punch um yeah because there there is a lot of cathartic sort of mother-daughter dynamics i mean my uh, um fiance emma was in the group that uh went to see it together and yet she and one of her good friends were just like bawling through (laughs) like the whole second half of the movie um because yeah it was just it i think if you have that relationship in your life this movie is a really great like not only exploration of that but a celebration of it um which i wasn't expecting from the movie i I didn't same 
I knew it would be like, you know, a celebration of womanhood and self-identity. Mm. I didn't think about the familial aspect, the generational mother-daughter thing. Um, yeah. And I thought the movie played with that really well in having two different um, kind of critical perspectives on Barbie as a cultural staple. You know, mm. you had the mom who was like, loves Barbie, but also kind of as she gets to know Barbie and sees Barbie land gets the bigger picture of like, mm -hmm. Oh, this is an issue. Um, and then you have the daughter who's just super cynical and like yeah. everything Barbie stands for is evil. Um, and you know, they kind of converge and, and see each other's ideas alongside Barbie's and alongside educating Barbie. Um, that was just really well done. Yeah, absolutely. And that that could have been the whole movie. That could have been that could have been yeah, what really. this movie was. And this is like a small part of the movie, a small but very very significant part of the movie. Yeah. Um but uh, uh it is it is one one part of the uh, an overall kind of just mosaic that it's painting of its of its mm -hmm. social commentary and everything and it's astonishing. Um another part of it that just really <laughs> Probably it is where I got the biggest laughs from myself, but mm. it is also still it is this is still like a a very pivotal and poignant aspect of it is the way that the way that America Ferrera has to explain to the Barbies what mm. they need to do to deprogram Barbie Land and deprogram right. the other Barbies, and that is just drenched in this incredible social commentary of like i of of it being this like manipulative thing but it's it's not a manipulative thing of like okay i'm going to let's let's it's presented as like we're going to make them fight each other uh so that mm -hmm. they stop you know so that they don't vote to change everything and everything but it's presented in such a way that I could see like the dipshit conservatives who are media illiterate uh, saying that as like, oh, they hate women and everything. I love talking about the Godfather. Um, right, yeah. Yay, Zack Snyder. Um, I could see that being like where they take offense to it because they don't have the mental capacity to really dive into what it's saying on a on a deeper level. But for me, it was not for for me. Not, I'm a dipshit too. But um, <laughs> but what I appreciated about it was that it is it's showcasing what women in the real world have to do and have to put up with in order to get any semblance of getting ahead in in you know the world. And it's like it's on a very microcos microcosmic level, but it's just really interesting the way that that was incorporated into it. The whole like deprogramming of 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 the other barbies yeah yeah well and the thing that i really liked about that monologue that kind of rant was that it's all centered around the concept of like kind of damned if you do damned if you don't mm -hmm. um never good enough you know there she says she has yeah. like 50 things that she rattles off of like i yes. can't do this but i also can't do this because then i'd be you know a bitch or whatever mm -hmm. um and it's just one after another of all these examples of like you know being women being really caught between a rock and a hard place in terms of their behavior and how they present themselves yeah. in society and that there is no winning and there is no good enough. Um, and I also just really liked how that, you know, 
is exactly the same thing <laughs> in in a totally addressed in a totally different way but it's the exact same thing as like the real, realization that then ken has to have of yes that, you know it's like the point being like under patriarchy under capitalism whatever nobody's mm-hmm. enough yeah like nobody is capable of living up to the societal standards that are Mm -hmm. put upon people and yes women suffer more in a patriarchal system because men are the ones in control and have more influence and privilege but like it's not good for us either like we are rotting ourselves Mm -hmm. from the core um yep and so for barbie to learn that lesson from or the barbies all the barbies to learn that lesson from america ferrera's character um and then to be able to go on and teach it to the kens is great i mean through a very you know kind of uh you know they get their kind of comeuppance and in a very satisfying way but ultimately it's for the good of everybody um that was just great how both of those were tied together how like ultimately the hero and the villain learn the same lesson yes but like the hero has to teach the villain the lesson Mm -hmm. is great yeah (laughs) i i do love that domino effect that that you described that america had to describe that or had to explain it to barbie who then had to use that to uh explain to ken and everything and ken like that there was something like surprisingly profound about the way that he just realizes like well it's it's barbie and ken like who am i if i'm not and ken Mm -hmm. it's like and like barbie's like well it's barbie and it's ken like you could be your own individual person you don't have to be tied Mm -hmm. to who i am or who whoever someone else is and i'm just like yeah that's awesome um so yeah i yeah I, i like that um yeah uh oh um the a couple of big uh laughs for me was that was the godfather thing that oh, yeah that was great just, that was amazing yeah that in um, the in the Zack snyder the snyder cut thing that yeah. was just so so great um it, rem- it yeah. reminded me of um and not to say it's derivative or anything but it mm. just reminded me of another great joke in movies this year in uh scream six the uh, like letterbox like having a letterbox account instead of a girlfriend or something yes i just yes. love like that recurring joke across media <laughs> of like men turning to movies because they can't get women or whatever like yes and, it's so freaking great which like is it you know hurts just a little bit as like somebody <laughs> who loves movies as much as i do but is also just hilarious because it's like well yeah i see yeah. it every day oh absolutely absolutely like i just i yeah I, it's it's great it um it reminds me of a funny tiktok thing where it was like um uh, a tiktok of of this woman saying um it's very popular i even made a stitch of it uh but um where she's like men with no hose where are you? What are you doing? And then people will stitch it and say like the most ridiculous things. But like there, there's two of the same guy, I think, or I think just one of him, but, or I don't know. But anyway, uh, he's just like, so Letterboxd is a website where you can <laughs> log movies and write reviews and do this. And I'm just like, yeah, okay. <laughs> yep. Therein lies the joke. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, so Yeah. Um, but any other thoughts on Barbie? And uh, if not, what do you think about Greta Gerwig 
moving on to the um oh god what is uh chronicles of narnia i think is she oh yeah gonna be that's uh, yeah i i want i do want to get to that in a second but um <laughs> yeah. if i have a, a one more kind of thought to get out on barbie mm-hmm. and just in the interest of you know uh diversifying the conversation because mm-hmm. there is a there's a whole star difference between our letterbox ratings yes. so i should probably address that mm-hmm. um why do you I hate think, women yeah i mean <laughs> that's really what i've been trying to get to this whole time um i've been an incel the whole time um no yeah um, but uh i think if there's there's one thing that i don't even you know i wouldn't even go so far as to say it bothered me it was just a a moment in a pivotal part of the movie where i feel like a little bit could have gone a long way um as much as i loved ken's arc in the movie i thought the kind of uh turnaround from him like okay being full-on into patriarchy Mm -hmm. turning back around into like oh i just want to you know be loved and Mm -hmm. love myself and that sort of thing that was great but like i felt like there was a lot more to mine there in terms of like how he learns that he doesn't need the patriarchy or that the patriarchy is bad for him at the or even if it were more um accusation all that he did wrong i think could have worked but um yeah it it just i think they kind of play it off like um well you know as soon as i learned it wasn't about horses i lost interest and like that was a great gag but it was also like well okay but then you kind of disconnect from the lesson of like patriarchy is evil (laughs) because it it ultimately just makes it it kind of makes it out like oh everybody's only into patriarchy because they don't understand it which is true to a certain level Mm -hmm. like a lot of you know most conservative men would tell you they don't even believe in patriarchy or that it's a made-up word by liberals um but it's a made-up woke word by liberals yeah but it is a very real Mm -hmm. conscious or not a very real construct of the institutions and the systems we have and there are people who knowingly and willingly exploit that dynamic like Mm -hmm. it's not just something we all stumbled into like oh well uh, yeah it's kind of nice you know um and and people don't really learn their way out of patriarchal tendencies just by losing interest or whatever you know so i I realized the movie had a lot to do um (laughs) but that was something where i was like it just it just kind of barely missed the the goalposts for me in terms of like really bringing that home. But I still really liked Ken's role in the movie, as I've already said. But that's a that's such a good point because I I have no defense of that or anything. Not nor <laughs> should I. I mean that's your opinion. But sure. that is that's a really good point because he does kind of just I mean like that that joke is a killer joke. That is a, yeah. like I maybe laughed maybe <laughs> arguably my hardest at that like that. Yeah. That beach offs and uh, <laughs> Godfather and Zack Snyder, those are yeah. like the big laugh point points for me. But that's a really good point. I would say that I think the maybe I don't know if this is necessarily the intention, but I feel like a read of that could be that yeah, it it is more of a critical reaction to just how um 
stupid <laughs> the yeah, yeah. like the the construct it's, it's yeah. yeah absolutely and i do i do think it would have benefited from having a more um robust deprogramming for ken and mm-hmm. like kind of seeing the truth of it uh through ken which he, you do get that on an emotional level but and also he is kind of quick to just jump into the whole patriarchy thing too so <laughs> there's too, yeah. that but but yeah i i think that it says a lot that this movie could have had even more social commentary even more uh, right, things to yeah. say and like it Still it just has so much <laughs> so yeah yeah so that's a really good point and i'm curious how it'll affect future viewings for me but um sure but yeah i definitely i've I definitely ruined the movie that. for you now absolutely absolutely <laughs> yeah um <laughs> So get out of my uh, Mojo Dojo Casa house. Yes. Um, and <laughs> Never return until yeah. I'm ready to discuss the Godfather. Yes, exactly. Don't let the saloon doors hit you on the way out. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I, yeah, I, I loved it. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't really think I have anything else. Um anything else on on that i think it's it's yeah. a very well done movie and i loved it <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I, gerwig doing chronicles of narnia is yeah an odd one to me but i'm interested same here i mean but, at this point i'm not gonna be not interested in anything gerwig does but right yeah those those books basically just being like kind of lord of the rings if it was a watered down christian allegory yeah and Gerwig doing it is like is it gonna be like barbie where it's like an inversion mm. of what you think that would be but then it's like how are they letting her make it if it's yeah. an inversion of that because yeah like, imagine somebody making lord of the rings but it's like satirizing everything lord of the rings stands for right. you know exactly like, <laughs> that's not gonna happen yeah yeah and i i, I would be curious I am curious how it's going to fare, whatever whatever it like looks like when it when it's made. Yeah. Because I don't know how many people are going to be on the Greta Gerwig train. And if she makes a more straightforward studio film adaptation of it, how is that going to fare at the box office? How is that going to fare yeah. with critics' responses and everything? So do it'll be interesting. People even want to see Narnia movies at this point. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um if the strikes never end, is Hollywood still going to exist? I don't know. True, true. Um, Maybe yeah. an AI approximation of Greta Gerwig's directorial decisions will make Chronicles of Oh, dear of God. Narnia. That is a <laughs> horrifying prospect. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, well, I think that that does it for our review of yeah. Barbie. Um, yeah, thank you so much, Andy. And once again... To the listeners, you can find him at Dandable on Letterboxd and Not So Handy Andy on Twitter slash X. Um, and find his writing mm-hmm. at filmyapp.substack.com and the Odd Trilogies podcast, um, wherever you get podcasts. And yeah. uh, do you want to do like a rapid fire p- uh, potpourri section real quick? Just naming off one or two movies that you've watched recently. If you have one in the chamber. Sure. Um, new releases or um, anything. anything you've watched. Okay. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, I've got a couple. Nice. Um, so just kind of, I've been on a little journey myself of um, trying to 
cover my Scorsese blind spots ahead of Killers of the Flower Moon this fall. So I mm-hmm. recently watched uh, uh, some of his early stuff, uh, Mean Streets, uh, Alice Doesn't Live Here Anymore, and Raging Bull. Um, I'd seen nice. Taxi Driver, so I skipped that one. But mm-hmm. um, uh, really, really pleasantly surprised by Alice Doesn't Live Here Anymore. Um, I had no idea what it was, really, other than mm-hmm. it was the Scorsese film starring Ellen Burstyn. Um, but it was great. I mean, it, it's, it was fascinating to see a movie that's relatively kind of uh, quaint and um, lighthearted and more just kind of like family dramedy stuff, a mother and a son, um, but to still have all these things that would become Scorsese staples in terms mm-hmm. of like his cinematography and editing, like these really abrupt smash cuts and sweeping camera moves and stuff. And it's like, whoa, this is, it works, but it's weird. Um, Interesting. And to see that so early in his career in something that's not a mobster movie or, a you know, uh <laughs> rich douchebags movie right um is is fascinating so i really really enjoyed that uh, nice. that was that's been the standout of my my early scorsese exploration so far sweet nice i am i have way too many scorsese blind spots as i've come yeah, to find me too <laughs> uh yeah so I'm, I'm looking forward to killers of the flower moon um and i need to fill those gaps and i need to revisit some some things like one of the big ones for me that I need to revisit because I haven't seen it since it was in theaters was Gangs of New York. Like, I need yeah. to revisit that and see how I uh, come down on it, really. Um, yeah. Yeah, and I can round us out with a uh, quick potpourri uh, section for me. I'm trying to think of stuff that I haven't talked about on the podcast, but uh, let me go ahead and throw out my thoughts on... Uh, let's go with Joyride. Um, Mm. this was a fun, like, uh, R-rated, raunchy comedy, uh, that really, it, uh, it's a, uh, four Asian American friends travel through Asia in search of one of their birth mothers. Along the way, their experience becomes one of, one of bonding, friendship, belonging, and no-holds-barred debauchery. Um, it was it was a much more emotionally driven movie than i expected it to be which is hmm. definitely a feather in its cap the raunchy aspect of it the r rated raunchy comedy is there and has done uh particularly well throughout it um but that emotional journey that the main character goes through um as she is kind of finding like uh she's she goes to to um china on a business trip and her friends come along and they basically all have their own individual kind of arcs and everything. But her main thing is that she's thrust into this, um, thrust into circumstances to find her, uh, birth mother. And along the way, it's this interesting, just like kind of similar and to some respects to Barbie is this uh, discovery of like her identity and who she is, who she's thought she has been her entire life and mm-hmm. how those ideas and, and the structures of who she is and, and what she thinks of herself is are like kind of become a little bit, uh, they crumble a little bit as she learns more about, you know, who she is actually. Um, mm-hmm. So it's a really interesting movie. Um, I rated it four stars. I really enjoyed it. Cool. I had kind of heard that between that and the uh, 
No Hard Feelings, the Jennifer mm. Lawrence movie that like sex comedies are back, baby. <laughs> or like the raunchy comedies are back. Yeah. And with No Hard Feelings too, I, I saw that too. And I, it was fine. It's, it's, yeah. it's okay. That is, that is a much more formulaic R-rated comedy, sex oh, sure, comedy. Sure. And like, I came out of that movie thinking that Jennifer Lawrence deserved a lot more um mm. like she because she definitely has obviously she has very strong acting chops and yeah i feel like she has she has very strong comedic sensibilities that like no hard feelings is something that i was excited about but i'm also excited for any potential future movies that could actually tap into the full depth of her comedic abilities <laughs> so yeah I'll, yeah frame it that way but <laughs> yeah uh so that is that's that's it that's this episode um <laughs> so Woo. yeah uh andy thank you so much man for for uh, devoting so much of your time tonight and for <laughs> joining me to uh to review barbie and and chat and everything um well thanks for having yeah. me on it's always a pleasure always of a good discussion course. absolutely absolutely so all right well uh not sure what we're going to do next time but i'm going to kind of start playing us out here but once again just want to say uh thank you guys so much for listening and check out patreon if you're in a giving mood you can pay like different tier levels patreon.com slash obsessive viewer tons of stuff almost daily content basically is up there because i'm insane but uh, yeah, check that out. Patreon.com slash obsessive viewer. Check out the other shows, Tower Junkies, a Stephen King podcast and anthology. And uh, until next time, thank you guys so much for listening and I'll see you in the next episode. And now enjoy this short clip from our Patreon exclusive RSS feed for the full clip and more exclusive Patreon content, such as early access to episodes TV book and movie reviews and reaction recordings, commentary tracks, and Patreon poopery episodes, go to patreon.com slash obsessive viewer and become a patron at the minimum rate of $1 per month. Thank you and enjoy. Some of the set pieces were a little bit too try hard, a little bit too just over the top as well. Like there's this whole sequence where uh, Jennifer Lawrence is... Uh, or no, 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 Percy, the the boy, the guy, is on the hood of the car, um, and Jennifer Lawrence is driving because she's crazy, and she's she's driving, and uh, he's he's just kind of pinned to the uh, to the hood of the car, and it's just it, that's in the trailer. It's that kind of just over the top um, comedy attempt, um, and it and. It, even that first like act like even even outside of the big set piece like that and a couple other ones similar to that um the comedy of jennifer lawrence trying to seduce a 19 year old kid who's socially awkward that comedy did not land for me because she it's it's so weird because like she meets with the parents and they explain to her like this is what we want you to do and so she goes to where he works. This where the scene where the whole like I want to touch your wiener thing came in to play. And like it's like it's like the character doesn't understand how to try to seduce someone. <laughs> and like it's just so over the top and it just doesn't work. It do, it doesn't work on a comedic level at all. So that's a bummer. 
This podcast was edited and produced by Matt Hurt and presented by ObsessiveViewer.com. You can find links to all of our shows at ObsessiveViewer.com slash podcasts. For exclusive bonus content, including reviews, commentaries, and B-roll episodes, you can subscribe to our Patreon at Patreon.com slash ObsessiveViewer. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you in the next episode.